The reading for today can be found from John chapter 16, verses 5 to 15. The work of the Holy Spirit. Now I am going to him who sent me. Not yet none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in, re in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more that you, could now, that more that you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hello again, everybody. Lovely to see you all. So then, as Ben mentioned, we are looking at the second rhythm of grace because during Lent this year, we're focusing on growing as disciples of Jesus. To be able to do this every moment of every day, we need practical help. We need some guidance. And one of the ways we can get this is through the community of St. Chad and the Five Rhythms of Grace. The booklet uh, with this in it, the rhythms in it, and other prayer resources is available on the table at the rear of the worship area, and it's at a cost of two pounds. The Five Rhythms of Grace provide uh, practical help to help us to pray and reflect on the five key aspects of what it is to be a follower of Jesus and these five rhythms are as follows firstly by God's grace I'll seek to be transformed into the likeness of Christ secondly by God's grace I'll be open to the presence guidance and power of the Holy Spirit and that's what we're looking at today thirdly by God's grace I'll set aside time for prayer worship and spiritual reading fourthly by God's grace I'll endeavor to be a gracious presence in the world serving others and working for justice in human relationships and social structures. And fifthly, by God's grace, I'll sensitively share my faith with others and support God's mission both locally and globally. I very much hope, it's my prayer in fact, that over time these rhythms will become a part of us, they'll get into our bloodstream and they'll help us to regularly evaluate prayerfully how we're growing and developing as disciples of Jesus. The whole point of being a disciple of Jesus is that we grow and that we learn how to live like Jesus and follow him each and every day. It's important that we do this 
reflection and evaluation and prayer alone, but it's also important that we do that together, maybe with one or two people that you trust in a spiritual companionship group or a growth group, whatever we want to call it, but it's important that we do do that so that we can pray for, pray for one another, that we can support one another, that we can be honest with one another about how our journey as a disciple of Jesus is going. I found it hugely helpful with the two people that I now meet with. And the PCC last autumn made a commitment to do this. Each and every member of the PCC, the current PCC, uh, agreed to do that. So as I say, today we're exploring the guidance, presence, and power of the Holy Spirit. So I wonder, if I was to ask you, which I am doing right now, to sum up in one word how the Holy Spirit has made or is making a difference to your life, what one word would you use? In one word, how would you sum up the impact of the Holy Spirit on your life? Would it be direction, strength, unknown, Maybe you don't know. I wonder what it is. Why don't you have a think about it and then share it with somebody next to you, your word. Okay? Go for it. Okay, so I wonder what your word is. You don't have to share it. But I would like you to hold that word today and hold it prayerfully before God. Maybe you want to thank God for that description that you've come up with, whatever that might be. Or maybe if it's uh, a, another word that it just um, describes in some way uh, the present situation of how you, you would like to depend on the Holy Spirit more or you might need Him more, maybe you could hold that before God in prayer too. My word would be inspiration. Inspiration. I mean, it's amongst many other words that I feel the Holy Spirit has, has helped me but I think inspiration would be one of the main ones. Well, in today's Bible passage, the writer John talks about the Holy Spirit being a counselor, a helper, an advocate. And I'd hope in some way your words relate to these descriptions. Jesus was speaking about the Holy Spirit in this way to his friends at a time when they were feeling bewildered. They were feeling bereft and helpless. They knew now that they were going to lose Jesus, that Jesus was going to leave them. And Jesus told them that in the end, this would be for the best. Because when he went away, the Holy Spirit would come as the helper. Now, as a human with a body, Jesus couldn't be everywhere. He couldn't reach people everywhere. He was confined by the limitations of place and time, it stands to reason. But there are no limitations for the Holy Spirit. Everywhere we go, the Spirit is with us. Through the Holy Spirit, God lives in us. The Holy Spirit, therefore, gives us unbreakable contact with God from within. It's one of the amazing realities of what it is to be in relationship with God. The Holy Spirit gives us unbreakable contact with God from within the Holy Spirit, therefore, is for bewildered, bereft, and helpless people, which is surely all of us. Admitting our need of God's Holy Spirit is an important part of being a disciple. I wonder, therefore, why do you need the Holy Spirit, the helper, 
counsellor, advocate today, at the moment, in the week ahead? And how do we need him as a church today, at the moment, in the week ahead? Into the helplessness being experienced by his followers, Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit will come as helper. And this promise is for us too. And more than this, more than just saying the Holy Spirit will come, Jesus outlines, and fortunately for us, John records, how the Holy Spirit will come, what he will come to do. Jesus highlights, therefore, some helpful uh, stuff for us to, to, uh, to explore, and we're going to explore three things this morning. Firstly, then, the Holy Spirit will reveal the world's sin, and that includes our sin, too. The Holy Spirit will reveal to all of us and others the ways in which we've turned from God, rejected his love, and gone our own way. Sin gets in the way. There's the joke about a famous doctor who died and went to heaven. You're going sti- to have to stick with this joke. Nine o'clock congregation, we're not very good at sticking with this joke. But I really hope you will be able to do that. There's a joke about a famous doctor who died and went to heaven. At the pearly gates, he was asked by the gatekeeper, have you ever committed a sin that you really, really regret? Oh, yes, the doctor replied. When I was a young student at St. Luke's Hospital, we played a football match against a team from another community hospital, and I scored a goal which was offside, but the referee didn't think so, and so the goal stood, and we actually won the match. I regret that now. Well, said the gatekeeper, that's a very minor sin. You can come in. Oh, thanks ever so much, St. Peter, said the doctor. Oh, I'm not St. Peter, said the gatekeeper. He's having his lunch break. I'm St. Luke. Oh. I've got to say, that was two seconds slower than the nine o'clock service. Anyway, it's more of a measure of the joke than, uh, than your response, I think. But one of the ways in which we welcome the presence guidance and power of the Holy Spirit is by allowing him to shine a light on our failings. Not to condemn us, not to leave us drowning in our own overwhelming sense of guilt, but so that it can be given to God, so that his grace can be poured into our hearts, so that forgiveness can flow freely into our lives and out from our lives into the lives of others. So be encouraged to be open to the Holy Spirit, revealing to you and to me the ways in which we've gone our own way, the ways we've rejected the love of God, the ways in which we've chosen not to follow Jesus. Sin hinders growth like weeds in a flower bed. The way we're transformed as disciples is by allowing the Holy Spirit to pinpoint our failings, so that we can hold them honestly before God and receive that wonderful, that yet undeserved gift of forgiveness and love. So let's pause for a second. I encourage you to close your eyes for a moment or two, and let's just reflect on that. Holy Spirit, reveal in us the ways in which we've turned away from God. Help us to be honest about these things and to be open to the transformation and forgiveness that can only come from you.
Secondly then, the Holy Spirit convinces us of righteousness. Well, what on earth does that mean? Well, it means this. The Holy Spirit helps us to find or discover a true or fuller relationship with God. Now, Jesus said, I'm going to the Father, and then he did so via the cross and the resurrection and then his ascension. Jesus opened up for us the way to an eternal relationship with God. But more than this, he showed us that, in fact, he is the way, he is the pathway to God. And it's the Holy Spirit, Jesus tells us, who convinces us of this, who opens our eyes, our minds, our hearts to this life-changing possibility. The Holy Spirit is the one who guides us to Jesus, who triggers our thinking and our responses and helps us to enjoy a life-transforming relationship with God. This isn't a once-only act of kindness from the Holy Spirit. This is an ongoing promise and a commitment from Him. He wants to do this every moment of every day. Uh, One of the novels I had to study for A-level English, I can remember that far back, was uh, Pride and Prejudice. It wasn't Star Wars, but hey, I really enjoyed it, and I'm proud to admit it. Now, in that novel, Lizzie's relationship with Mr. Darcy doesn't go well initially. That's an understatement, isn't it? Because both pride and prejudice get in the way. And in many ways, it's Darcy's sister who helps Lizzie to see her brother as he truly is. He's kind, honest, and a man of his word. Lizzie needed the help of another to build a true relationship with Darcy. Each of us needs the help of another to build a genuine relationship with God. We each need the Holy Spirit to help us to build that fuller, that truer, more genuine relationship with God. The Holy Spirit is with us and in us to give us the strength and the resources we need to follow Jesus. So how is the Holy Spirit trying to help you to discover a more genuine relationship with God? How is he guiding you at the moment to follow Jesus? How convinced are you of the eternal relationship with God that you have through the death and resurrection of Jesus? And to what extent has the certainty of that taken a knocking or a bit of a bashing through all that you're experiencing through life? And what help do you want to ask the Holy Spirit for to grow closer to Jesus today and every day that follows? What help do you want to ask the Holy Spirit for? I'm going to pause now so that you can recognize and acknowledge your response to those questions. Moving on then, thirdly and finally, the Holy Spirit releases us from judgment. Now, if you hadn't noticed, much of the world supposes that it can freely pass judgment on the followers of Jesus. It was true when Jesus walked the earth, and it's still true today. We can live under the shadow of this, I think, afraid to speak or act out of our faith, nervous of telling others that we're Christians, fearful of our work colleagues and family members making us out to be religious freaks. 
And yet the death and resurrection of Jesus dramatically and decisively demonstrates that the world is wrong. Through the cross and resurrection of Christ, it is the prince of this world and the dark powers that have kept humans enslaved that are condemned, not the followers of Jesus. Satan's power is broken and his favorite weapon of death is defeated. The Holy Spirit gives us the strength to come out from the shadows, out from under the weight of judgment that this world and the prince of this world would like to place us under. In numerous parts of the world, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Christians being helped by the Holy Spirit to come out from the shadows and to live for Jesus. It's not easy, and many of them face terrible, I mean terrible, persecution. But they know, and they would very much like us to know, I'm sure, that the Holy Spirit helps us to live in the reality and the light of Jesus' death and resurrection as hopeful people, confident in our Lord Jesus and all his promises. It's important that we depend on the strength of the Holy Spirit in this way, both personally and also corporately as a church community, especially as we experience growing pains and difficult times in a church community, which naturally come along in any community life. Last autumn, when I was preaching, I mentioned that I and others had discerned that we were entering a time when God wants to meet our deepest, deepest spiritual needs. I also mentioned, at the same time, that this being the case, we would need to hang on to our hats because it would stir up all sorts of trouble and difficulties. How true this has been. God is wanting us to grow in our worship of Him wanting us to grow as disciples, wanting us to grow in our commitment to one another. And this is hard, and it's costly. It is so easy to become distracted by the difficulties. So easy. It's easy to be bogged down and to lose God's perspective on His church. But the Holy Spirit has made a promise. He will guide us through. He will ensure that we are hopeful people, confident in our Lord Jesus Christ and all his promises. So in what ways do you feel that the world has passed judgment on you as a follower of Jesus? Ask the Holy Spirit to show you the power of the cross and resurrection in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the strength to come out from the shadows to be released from the grip of Satan's lies, to live, to breathe, to speak and act and love and forgive and share all for Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to continue to meet our deepest spiritual needs as a church and to grow us in and through the difficulties and enable us to remain committed to one another, come what may. Of course, the Holy Spirit does all this work in us so that we can partner with Him. It's another wonderful reality of being in a relationship with God. The Holy Spirit wants to lovingly convict us of our sin, lead us into a fuller relationship with God, and release us from Satan's grip so that we can help Him do that for others. 
It's an important, no, it's an essential part of being a Christian, a follower of Jesus. The Holy Spirit doesn't help us simply for our own benefit, lovely as that may be. He does it knowing that we can partner with him as he reaches out to all people with God's love. It's a wonderful reality. In part, the Holy Spirit does his thing through the very people he's chosen to live within. And so over the coming days, as we invite the Holy Spirit to transform our failings, to guide us into a more complete relationship with Jesus, and to bring us out from under the judgment of this world, ask him to, to inspire you and strengthen you, to help him to do this for others, all the people that he's given you in your life. We're going to pray now. And then after that, we'll have some sung worship. And during that time, I invite you to respond to God and to be open to the presence, guidance, and power of the Holy Spirit. You know the nudges that God is giving you. You know deep down the way that you can cry out or need to cry out to the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you not to let this opportunity pass you by. We'll all stand in worship and you can respond and you can ask the Holy Spirit to come to you and work within you just where you are. But if you'd like to, please be bold. Please come out to the front and somebody will pray with you. It's an important step. It's an important way that you can acknowledge the fact that you want the presence, guidance, and power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let's pray. Would you please stand as we pray? Father God, by your grace, enable us to be open to your Holy Spirit this day. May the presence of your Spirit transform our sin. May the guidance of your Spirit lead us into a fuller relationship with our Lord Jesus. May the power of your Spirit release us from the grip of Satan's lies. And may the strength of your Spirit help us to live and love for Jesus this day and every day. Amen.